Welcome to Through the Corporate Glass, a podcast that explores career choices. Hi everyone, welcome to another episode. I am Deepa and I'm hosting this episode along with Ashwini today. Our podcast focuses on career choices and we have covered a breadth of these choices over the last 68 episodes. This episode is a little different from the rest though, right Ashwini? Absolutely, that's right. So for Women's History Month, we would like to acknowledge and thank all the women before us who made our success possible. In the past, we had put together episodes for the Women's Month, focusing on the thoughts, motivation, and influences behind their career and life choices. This was very well received, and we enjoyed the experience so much that we wanted to put another episode together for this year's Women's Month. Deepa and I had a great time brainstorming the questions and the theme for this episode. Do you want to talk a bit about our thought process, Deepa? Yeah, we shared a bunch of questions with women whom we find inspiring. We received wonderful responses and we look forward to sharing it all with you. We'll explain our thought process as we go through each of the questions. Let's dive in. Let's begin with the first. What does lead like a girl mean to you? There are two schools of thought around leadership. One school believes that there are a set of rules and regardless of individual strengths, you just follow the rules. And the other school believes that you make your own rules. So we were curious about how people would define lead like a girl. Well, I I can take a shot at it first. (laughs) So uh, lead like a girl to me means being authentic. So a bunch of paradoxes, actually, being empathetic, but also practical, being vulnerable, but also strong. My mentor, Puneetma Malhotra, embodies lead like a girl perfectly, in my opinion. She's a brilliant problem solver who leads by example. And as a manager, she always had this brilliant balance between empathy and her helpful spirit and also setting high standards and pushing everyone to do their best. Let's now listen from the others. Tulika Mittal is Senior Manager, Technical Product Management at GE Healthcare. She's a graduate of GE Healthcare's IT Leadership Program and now leads the program in India. For me, as a girl and a woman, I believe we have various facets to our personalities. We can be empathetic, aggressive, assertive, strong, emotional, ambitious, and so on at the same time. This gives us the capability and an edge over others to think from different angles, understand perspectives, and take unbiased decisions, which is a very important trait of leadership. Also, as a woman, serving for the greater good comes natural to us which is the whole idea behind servant leadership. That, in short, is what leading like a girl means to me. Uma Verma is Senior Staff Technical Product Manager at GE Healthcare. She is a graduate of GE Healthcare's IT Leadership Program. She has over a decade of experience in IT, playing different roles in project and product management. 
When I hear about leading like a girl, for me it means that the leader is compassionate and caring. He or she brings in the passion and emotion in everything he or she does. As a leader, this goes a long way to bring the team together. It makes the organization members feel respected, heard and understood. The example set by a leader who is leading like a girl would encourage the team to be more vocal and expressive of both the good and the bad. In the world today, when change is the only constant, qualities like empathy, passion and focus on both work and team relationships can help build the foundation of a successful and highly productive teams in a short span of time. It is no surprise that the companies across the world cherish the employees who bring these values to the organization. Kelly Boyle is Principal Technical Product Manager at GE Healthcare. She has over three decades of experience in the industry. She has played a wide range of roles across different functions in the enterprise, sourcing, engineering, digital operations, product configuration management, and quality. To me, leading like a girl means leading with confidence and not arrogance. Spending 70% of your time listening and not talking. Being respectful of everyone and their culture. Being fully aware of all your biases and um, where you might um, apply those biases. Engage and encourage everyone. Um, some people need to be encouraged to uh, participate. Be curious outside of your immediate area. And what that means is both upstream and downstream. So if you're responsible for a particular process area, maybe it's a commercial process or something, make sure that you're thinking also about the engineering process that feeds that as well as the service process or supply chain process that catches it. Um, and, you know, know what drives people. It, it'll help, if you understand that, it'll help you settle you know, where there are disputes. A healthy debate's really good, but there's always going to be differences of an opinion. And if you want to be able to settle um, disputes, it's, it's much easier if you know what drives people. So on to the second question now. Our second question was, what advice would you give your younger self? Now, on our podcast, we encourage views and perspectives over advice, basically because we believe one size doesn't fit all. So in keeping with our theme, we decided to ask people what they would tell their younger selves. Well said, Ashwini. One advice that I would give my younger self is to nurture your hobbies. It's very easy to be consumed by our professional commitments. A big part of nurturing your hobbies is to dedicate time for it. It could be anything that you enjoy. Personally, the joy of doing this podcast has been a good reminder for me. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. <laughs> now let's listen from the rest. Sandeep Bhakta is Principal Enterprise Architect at GE Healthcare. 
In her career journey spanning over two decades, she has designed complex and large-scale digital solutions across different industries: financial, defense, media, and healthcare. Advice to my younger self. Oh, advice I would give to my younger self. I think I would say continue to live in the positivity of the moment. You know, when we were younger, many experiences were new and exciting. And so when things were happening, we focused on them and we enjoyed learning new things about the world and about ourselves. But then as we become older, and we start working that the focus changes from living these day-to-day experiences to planning the experiences we start uh, we, we kind of start adding meetings and events to our calendars um creating to-do lists so so i guess essentially we end up spending most of our time living in the future and trying to plan for all the uncertainties that come with it you know as as an example um planning a holiday and then you're constantly checking the weather forecast to know what to pack and and this introduces worries and anxieties so i think surely it's easier just to pack everything in one go maybe the day before once you have an accurate weather forecast and then actually spend your time enjoying the process of packing and getting yourself into that fun holiday mindset much easier way to live life and then, and then we we have to remember as well all this stress and anxiety we introduce by kind of living in the future it really opens up that doorway into negative thinking which ultimately is just it's time consuming and it, and it's draining so by being in the moment with a positive mindset and absor- really absorbing yourself in that experience whether it's um packing for a trip um writing an email attending a meeting maybe cooking a meal or or spending time with people i think you really need to enjoy that moment and invest your energy into it i think there's so much value in that and and you'll find yourself being much more productive um you know producing much better results in in everything that you do and ultimately it results in a much happier mindset so the nothing to lose by it so that would be the advice i would give to my younger self anupama lolake she is part of engineering and devrer she has nearly 2 decades of experience in software development and was most recently staff engineer at nutanix What advice would I give to my younger self? Read more, make habit of reading, enjoy reading, and it could be anything. Second is listen more. Just listening teaches you many things, but listen without any prejudice. Third is travel more, not just physically, of course that helps too, but travel in many dimensions like learning, thinking, spiritually, exploring new skills. It could be anything. Sarla Mandi is senior manager technical product management at GE Healthcare in a career spanning close to 2 decades she has played various roles she has led commercial analytics 
been a process leader with lean six sigma black belt certification and led program and portfolio management what advice would you give your younger self a lot of advice but i will stop with these two points the first one you're awesome the way you are you are unique just know that you are doing great in life the second one life is a journey it is not a destination so don't rush chasing destinations enjoy every twist and turn that you face all along these journeys cherish all the people that touch you in your life along these twists and turns make sure you learn along these twists and turns and keep that learning a lifelong habit ensuring you're networking all along this is kelly the advice i would give to my younger self would be first to relax and be patient corporate environments are competitive and very high pressure but Remember to take a step back and breathe. Um it's important and you'll find that you'll make more progress. And don't be so hard on yourself. You're always your toughest crit- critic. And I spent a lot of time early on in my career worrying about my facial expressions, um how I spoke, if I looked professional enough. Um just be yourself and um if and relax and you'll find that um things will go much smoother. The other thing I would say is be patient with people and listen. Once you're patient, they tend to relax more and everybody wants to be heard um and have something to contribute ultimately. So make sure you're listening. And it's okay to ask for help. This one's really important. Um you could be really struggling with something and it doesn't mean that you're weak or incompetent if you ask for help. Um I found that most often when I asked for help people were happy to help and there was there were things that they were struggling with that I was able to help them with. So you know if if you're really struggling with something make sure you ask. Um people are generally happy to help you. We then asked people what's your biggest fear and how do you cope with it? We wanted to add this question because we think it is a mark of strong people to admit their fears and share their coping mechanism to benefit others who may share the same fears. Yeah, absolutely agree. I think on that note, I will share my biggest fear. Uh this was something I had to do a few years ago. It was moving to a new city where I had no friends or colleagues and for me to start working remotely as a people loving person passionate about work i basically imagined this to resemble solitary confinement <laughs> but i did bite the bullet and i made the move and i did learn to handle remote work as well my coping mechanism was to work from libraries and coffee shops and eventually co-working spaces where i could at least see and meet other people and also establish some kind of a boundary between my professional life and home and true ashini you started remote work way before the rest of us did before it became the norm so <laughs> that is very true <laughs> all right so now let's go on here from the rest too yeah
Jaya Narsimhan is senior director technical product management at GE Healthcare. In a career spanning over two decades, she has played diverse roles. She's been a software engineer, engineering manager before moving on to technical product management. I will answer this question from two perspectives, professional and personal. Professionally, my biggest fear is fear of failure. I'm sure many of us face this fear. I would say that I've come a long way with this and continue to cope up with two strategies. When I'm afraid about failing, I reflect on some of the most difficult challenges I had faced in the past and how I overcame those successfully. I tell myself, if I was able to do that in the past, I definitely can do it again. Second strategy that I use is to picture the future where I would have succeeded in the challenge that I had taken up. This gives me the confidence to get out of my comfort zone and push through my fears. Personally, I have two teenage sons who are interested in high adventure activities. I'm generally afraid of heights and I've never been comfortable to go on activities with them such as zip lining, rope courses, parasailing, etc. But I always felt the need to be a team player with my family. I had the opportunity to learn a fear coping technique called tapping technique in one of the leadership trainings that I attended a few years ago. You can Google it and you'll find this uh, emotional freedom technique. I didn't really think much about it until I tried it myself to manage my fear of heights. Trust me, this technique has been immensely helpful for me to fight my fears whenever I go on any of these adventures. And since then, I've been actually able to enjoy these different high adventure activities with my boys. Let's hear from Anupama. In any new environment, my biggest fear would be how would I fit in? But over time, I have learned to be comfortable being uncomfortable. And in the process, I realized that things become more familiar. You unexpectedly make new friends and eventually get comfortable. Trivitya Tata. She is part of the engineering team at DevRev. And she spent two decades with Oracle before DevRev. I always had this zeal to make a difference wherever I go. This also came with an inherent fear of what if my skills are outdated? What if I became yet another clock puncher employee? I cope with this fear by trying to keep myself updated with the latest technologies and to interact with people in different teams to get a bird's eye view of the product so I can contribute more effectively. This is Kelly. My biggest fear, hands down, is public speaking um, or giving presentations. And I'll say in the beginning, I was completely terrified that people would not be interested at all in what I had to say and that I would appear, appear stupid <laughs> or incompetent. I found that the more I talked about this fear with my mentors and friends, lots of people have this fear. And once I knew that, I could focus more on what I was presenting and shifted to more of a uh, method of telling a story through my presentations and while doing that I've gotten more and more engagement um, and gotten more comfortable with giving presentations 
So definitely um, talking about it, acknowledging that it's a fear, and then making sure that you um, have opportunities to give presentations. Don't don't just avoid it. Um, make sure you um, challenge yourself to um, keep practicing. We also asked about the most significant or unconventional choice that they have made so far. Anusha Seduraman, founder of Once Upon a Climb, a marketing and storytelling firm for climate tech startups. She is also the fractional CMO of Bodo Earth. What is the most significant or unconventional choice I've made so far? So I started my own business last year and this was a very hard decision to make. I've always had a steady income job and jumping into this unknown world um, has been one of the hardest things I've done in my life. I never thought I would become the founder of a non-product based, non-VC funded agency. I've mostly worked in startups my entire career and thought that maybe one day I would end up being the founder of a product based startup. It doesn't sound as cool as becoming, um, you know, being an agency founder doesn't sound as cool as becoming the founder of a multi-billion dollar VC funded startup, but this is what I ended up doing. I think it's definitely been unconventional for me and I'm not going to lie, it has not been easy. I have a lot of highs and lows. I've had to develop a super thick skin, getting used to a lot of rejection, ghosting, ignoring and whatnot. But I'd like to believe it has made me stronger. There are lots of things I do like about it too. I like the learning what it takes to set up a business, constantly strengthening my networking abilities. And of course, I love the flexibility. I'm on my own time and I'm doing something that's my own baby. It's not someone else's startup baby, but it's mine. Definitely has not been an easy ride and I have no clue what the future holds. But for now, I'm going with the flow to see where it takes me. Meghna Bhagwan. One of the strongest women I know. She helped her husband and a co-founder of our podcast, Dilip Adega, battle a very rare form of brain tumor last year. Really admire her for her resilience, grit, positive attitude, and practical approach to problem solving in the most stressful situations. When I quit my comfortable corporate job, where I was getting paid quite well. And I joined an NGO called Teach for India full-time for two years. And uh, I became a teacher for underprivileged kids in a very low-income government school. Now, it didn't matter what the money was significantly lower, but it didn't matter what money I'll make, what my friends were earning at that time, or what position will they be in by the time I finish Teach for India, or what will what will people say, none of that mattered. All that mattered to me when I made this switch was that I wanted to do something challenging. I wanted something different, which, you know, people around me are not doing and something that excited me. And I feel like this has been a common theme for me in my life where I constantly get attracted to things which is not like the less taken path, like which people have not done or people around me are not really doing. And I feel like 
at the end of the day you are answerable only to yourself it doesn't matter whether people praise you or condemn you the inner dialogue which you have with yourself is all that matters Katya or Ekaterina Arshinova interned at DevRev and she's currently pursuing her bachelor's in computer science from University of Wisconsin Madison So I think so far in life I've had to make two major decisions one of them was to move to the US and uh, pursue a degree here and the other was uh, the choice of major in computer science Coding is something that I was always intimidated of. I I never thought that I could end up being a programmer and I never did any code any computer science prior to college. Uh but you know, here we are and I'm very happy about the way those decisions affected my life. And I'm also very proud to say that those are my decisions because then I get to own my success and own my achievements and If things ever get tough, I know that it's because I'm pursuing my own goals and not somebody else uh is making me feel that way, which is really empowering and comforting at the same time. Women don't usually like to self-promote. So we decided to ask women about other women who have influenced their lives. Yeah, Shuni. There are two women I admire the most. Uh, my mom chitra vijay kumar has been a big influence on me i admire her patience and resilience she never gives up always finds a way to make things happen there are times when i would feel that there is nothing more that can be done but she being the star that she is will still find a way she has always encouraged me to believe in myself and persist through challenges My mother-in-law Vijay Lakshmi she's also been a big influence on me. She believes that you can learn anything you want. Like she says it just needs practice. She's an artist, loves stitching and is pursuing her post graduation in Sanskrit. Age has never been a barrier for her. She has always encouraged me to pursue my interests and motivates me to excel. Molly Holland She's part of the customer success team at DevRev and she was previously vice president of marketing at 3M. I wanted to address uh one of the questions about strong women I admire and have influenced my life and the decisions that I've made and always for me my mother comes to mind. I had the opportunity to really learn from and and watch one of um you know the people closest to me in my life to see what it was like to truly be a a strong female in a professional capacity because of her uh even being hired during affirmative action when you know she was was the only female in a corporate environment uh, she figured out how to find her voice and even when she w- was different than everybody else and maybe had a different perspective still find a way to be courageous to share that and she imparted those skills on me um also you know really having uh that as a role model and then uh my father as a a parent that continually built up the confidence in me to be able to feel like I could do the things she was doing as well 
uh, were really instrumental in, in making me who I was. And then, you know, really thinking about the decisions and how, how they influence those in me is, is really this, this idea of fearlessness and following my passion and following what I believed. It started um, for me with them when I was even a child, you know, choosing the sports that were most exciting to you, trying everything once, but then following your heart, uh, choosing a major that maybe was a little bit unconventional, but I had a lot of passion in uh, being supported in doing that from my parents. And then definitely in my career, I'll never forget uh, one really pivotal moment when I was leaving one Fortune 500 company uh, to go to another one and, and really follow my passion around global biz- business versus really working and focusing more dom- domestically. My mom said to me, you know, what do you have to lose? And so I, I took a big leap and decided to to follow my heart, even when um, kind of in my next big career decision at that same company, I was told, don't do that. You know, don't don't stay on that that functional path. Um you know, you need to go, go run a business here. You've only done that other places. I followed my passion to go really dig deeply into strategy and corporate strategy and work some amazing executives that taught me a lot and really shaped the rest of my, my path there. Uh, And then finally a big leap into tech, you know, knowing that I really wanted to be challenged and um, I had a passion in, in learning how to run a modern business uh, that really driving me to take a take a big step um, off that corporate career path, career trajectory um, that had been outlined for me and trying something totally different. This is Jaya. I don't have to go far away from home for my female role model. The strong woman that I admire and who has influenced my life is my mother. She is an independent woman who had a strong professional career and has been a great pillar of strength for my dad and our family. I got the opportunity to observe her navigating through several headwinds, both professionally and personally. She instilled the values in me to be independent, stand on my own feet and be strong-willed about having a professional career right from my childhood. In fact, this made me pursue my master's even while I had settled in a good software engineering job after finishing my undergrad. I wanted to enhance my learning and growth further in the field. She sowed the seed in me and now looking back after 25 years of my career, it has become an integral part of who I am today. I'm grateful and proud of my mother's positive influence in my decisions and life. Amy Ward, Professor of Operations Management at the University of Chicago in the Booth School of Business. She's a Stochastic Models co-area editor for the journal Operations Research and the editor-in-chief of Operations Research Letters. There are two women mathematicians that had profound influence on my life, one senior to me and one my age. The senior woman is Ruth Williams, distinguished professor in the mathematics department at University of California, San Diego. She is a very highly respected mathematician. 
Early in my career, I was working on a paper with a PhD student I was advising, and we were having trouble completing the paper because we were struggling with one of the proofs in the paper. I emailed Ruth for help. Ruth sat down with us in her office in San Diego and walked us through the detailed proof arguments. She had clearly spent her own time before the meeting figuring out our proof for us. However, she never asked for any credit. I was junior at the time and developing my name. Ruth knew that this was important for my career to show I could advise a student solo, and so she gave me this gift. Today, I am a senior woman in my field. The way Ruth interacted with me when I was junior in my career continues to serve as my inspiration for how I want to be with my junior colleagues. The woman of my age is my co-author and friend, Amber Puha. I work in a business school. The papers I publish range from more mathematical ones to more applied ones. Amber is a mathematician and is a professor in the mathematics department at California State University, San Marcos. I learned so much from the depth of mathematical understanding Amber brings to our work. She has very clear explanations of very difficult technical material. One of my favorite papers that I've authored or co-authored is a tutorial paper I wrote with Amber in which we present difficult technical material that requires understanding measure-valued processes, and we do this in a more approachable form. I am very happy to share with you today the profoundly positive influence these two women have had on my life. There are two women I admire the most. My mom, Nirmala Vasant. She has shaped who and what I am. My mom made a choice to not have a career and nurture me instead. A bold and selfless choice for which I will forever be grateful. She's an avid reader and she taught me to appreciate literature and question the status quo at a very young age. She is that voice in my head constantly nudging me along whenever I'm ready to give up. She's always the first to listen to our episodes and react to my blog posts. She's always a source of encouragement. She has this ability to show extreme empathy and genuine concern for people who may be just acquaintances or sometimes even strangers. She also taught me the power of small gestures, whether it's wishing for birthdays or lending a sympathetic ear or offering support and how these can actually make a positive impact in someone else's life. The second woman I admire the most is my mother-in-law, Chandrika Honapa. She's an expert quilter and patchwork artist who makes beautiful bags along with her sister Savitri. We will link her Instagram in the show notes. She works for a non-profit called Matrachaya, where she creates these special tactile feedback books for blind children. I love her passion to learn. And I'm amazed by how she balances her time and pursues all of her interests. She's someone who always speaks her mind and fights for what she believes in. And I really admire the way she's brought up her two sons to be gentlemen who truly believe and support the cause of women empowerment. This is Tulika. I have been fortunate enough to be surrounded by strong women at every step, be it personal or professional life, and each one of them has inspired me in some or the other way. Uh, in fact, this very concept of women empowerment, uh, it took me some time to understand that because I come from a family where we are three sisters and including my mother, it becomes like a majority of women in the family. In fact, my father feels like he is in minority in the family. 
so it was in fact a step back for me to understand that what is women empowerment uh but coming back uh, to to the women who have inspired me i think the list is really long but here without thinking i would like to take uh, uh, the example of my mother who has shaped me up for what i am today uh i admire the way she has juggled to be a wonderful mother to three daughters and did not let her passion to be independent and serving for the greater good die she has been a successful doctor and a teacher too the most important thing she made me realize since my very childhood days was the importance of independence and decision making she taught me to take responsibility of every single decision of my life uh to quote one example after completing my engineering i wanted to do to join indian armed forces and co- i even qualified the ssb with an all india rank too uh and that was a big one for me and my family because they were not expecting that but due to some circumstances i had to let it go uh it was a tough decision for me uh but i think the power of decision making makes you move on and realize that one strong decision strengthens you further taking onus of my decisions makes me feel better because i want to be in control of my destiny rather than blaming anyone else or having any regrets later um so that's one of the many things uh, that my mom incorporated in my dna um which makes me feel really strong and clear in my head let's hear from anupama strong women who has influenced my life there are many but one of the name that stands out is jayshree ullal i love how she balances her simplicity and style with an awesome leadership running a multi billion dollar company She personifies that great leadership does not always have to come from Ivy League schools. Let's hear Shrividya. I have been with several strong-willed women both in my personal and professional life who had a profound influence on me and made me who I am today. My mom, a physics professor, was a go-getter and always encouraged me to pursue my dreams. I was one of the few girls from my college 25 years ago to go to the US for graduate study in computer science. My former colleague at Oracle, Janaki Laharani, was a brilliant software architect and a marathon runner. She taught me to speak out for what I believe is right during my job of designing large database systems. Another former colleague, Ashwini Surpur, is a wonderful lady I greatly admired. She quit her comfy job in Oracle and became a full-time yoga instructor and a social worker to give back to the society. She always encouraged me to take care of myself and do what I enjoy the most. Now let's listen to Uma. Female role models have always made a difference to the world, the societies and the families that we live in. For me, the two strong women who influenced me are my two grandmothers. One was a working professional while the other was a stay-at-home mother. They were the pillars of strength in their respective families. Kind and nurturing, yet strong, decisive and independent. Perhaps I cannot share one example alone. My maternal grandmother was the first woman in her family to insist on working and she joined the education department of the government office in Kerala. My paternal grandmother homeschooled and a Sanskrit scholar belonging to a very traditional family had seen several struggles herself but she kept up with the changing times in a newly independent country 
She took the lead in making sure that she kept not just her immediate family, but the extended ones also protected and ready to adapt. The one mantra that was common to both women was to never give up. No matter how hard things get, there's always a window of opportunity. We just had to stay calm to look for it. This inspires me whenever I'm at difficult situations in life to make sure that I take matter in my own hands, adapt, change, make mistakes, but still keep doing my best. Let's hear from Sarla. As a young kid, I wanted to be a scientist when I grow up. And Madame Marie Curie was a great inspiration. I really admired her work on the discovery of radium and polonium, which even today are used in the treatment of cancer. Her entire life was dedicated to the cause of humanity and science. What an incredible way to live and lead a life. She was a mom, a scientist, and a double Nobel laureate. I so adore her. There are many, many quotes from her that I really admire and have influenced me in big ways. But the one that comes to my mind is this one. Nothing in life is to be feared. It is only to be understood. And now is the time to understand so that we may fear less. Profound, isn't it? This question has always been our favorite. We'd like to ask about any favorite quote or book that uh, they would like to share. And we have always got wonderful suggestions. Let's listen to them. Katya shares her thoughts. And my favorite book is uh, Ursula Le Guin's Wizard of Earthsea. I, I just love the way it talks about very, I think, deep and existential questions and things but the book itself is written as if for children um, but I think that everybody and especially adults can uh, just resonate with what it talks about and, and feel it and the story itself is also magical Meghna Bhagwan One of my all-time favorite books is Fountainhead by Ayn Rand This is like my holy book which gives me the way of life and you know how one should lead their life. This book basically talks about individualism, non-conformity, thinking for yourself, and you know what does integrity really mean. It talks about not compromising on your belief and what you sta- what you really stand for for anything in the world. Everything which the world has basically turned selfish, this book says is good. Now, I truly believe in this quote which says, rational selfishness is a virtue. You really need to do things for yourself which brings you joy and, you know, which abides by your belief. Irrespective of what people are saying, what society is saying, what even the closest people around you are telling you. You need to stand up for yourself in every frame of your life and lead the life which you feel is good for you. I think, you know, it's high time we change the saying to the conformity killed the cat and not curiosity. Let's hear from Sandeep. A favorite quote. Um, my my favorite quote is actually, it's a famous quote from Coco Chanel. 
And it's in her true style, very simple, very elegant. And she says, a girl should be two things, who and what she wants. I think this quote gets to the heart of female empowerment. And, and it kind of reminds me that at the end of the day, we should be who and what we want to be. Um, and, and make, you know, be aware that we have options so that we can choose what's best for us. Um, rather than what other people may be expecting from us or, you know, some of their thoughts as well. At the end of the day, if you want to become an IT architect or a chef or an artist, um, I really believe women should feel empowered to actually make these choices and, and be t true to who they want to be. Um, and then also on top of that, to be able to be supported by people around them in the, in the decisions that they make. Anusha shares her thoughts. Here's a quick favorite book suggestion I want to share. I have a recency bias for this book I recently read that really impacted me. It's called The Midnight Library by Matt Haig. And this book just made so much sense given where my head is at right now. Lately, I realized I think a lot about what could have been. What if I had made this decision or the other one? Where would I be in life right now? So the Midnight uh, Library actually explores the life of a woman who is unhappy in her current life and is planning to end it. But as she's in the process of doing this, she visits various different lives she potentially could have been living. She has her root life, which is the one she's in right now. And she's traveled through, uh, travels through multiple branches based on smaller big decision changes. For instance, what if I had not quit swimming and become a professional swimmer? Or what if I had married this person I almost married? Anyway, ultimately realizes there's much to be appreciated in the life she has now. And there's so much more she can do along with the impact she's having on people that she doesn't even realize. So it just made me think, I feel like it opened my eyes a bit more to the life I have and appreciating that while also thinking about the only thing I can actually uh, work on improving or having any more impact towards, which is the future. We thank all the women who made time to share their perspectives and life journeys on this episode. It was so wonderful to hear from all the women around the globe. So thank you so much. And yes, I hope all of you enjoy this episode as much as we did putting it all together. Thank you once again. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you enjoyed our episode, do subscribe to the podcast and check out our show notes, which provide more information on the topics discussed during the episode. Please follow us on LinkedIn at Through the Corporate Glass and on Twitter at Corporate Glass and share your thoughts. We'd love to hear from you. You can also check out our website through the corporate glass.com. 